Friends, welcome to this episode of Leadosophy. You're here with an open mind because that is a rule, not the exception. Coming on episode number two here after the long hiatus away from the Leadosophy podcast. Today we're going to talk about my trip, my wife and I's trip across country when we moved from Washington State to Washington, D.C. Some of the life lessons I learned on that trip. Remember, this uh, Leadosophy is about not only leadership, but also life as well. It is the fusion of leadership and philosophy, but we can talk about life in general as well and how philosophy applies to, to life. And I want to talk about some things I learned from my camping experience. We pulled a about a 21 foot travel trailer across country, coast to coast. A lot of fun. So we'll talk about that today. Hope you enjoy the show. Here we go. Are you ready to permanently fuse leadership and philosophy? Then a word of caution, you are about to enter the fully abstract yet wholly concrete realm of leadosophy. Our ideas are not always so clear and distinct. To validate this proposition, we welcome the host of leadosophy, Tim Wood. Friends, welcome back to leadosophy. I'm glad you could join us. Join me. I said us. I don't know who the other person is in the room. Just me and my thoughts. Whether you're watching or listening, I'm grateful that you're back. Again, apologize for being absent for 40 plus days, but we are back in the saddle. This is my second podcast this week. I will launch another one, the third one this week. And then we are off and running, off and running. Full steam, just like when we left off. So I want to talk about camping today. And if you ever don't know if you've ever camped, whether in a tent camping or whether you're pulling a camper or driving one of those big, big RVs, class A RVs, I believe. My wife and I, early this year, we bought a 21-foot travel trailer that we pulled behind our truck with the goal, our, our first initial goal was to use that to move across country from West Coast to East Coast. And we did. We, we traveled, we pulled, we spent 10 straight days camping. Uh, my wife and I are two large Great Danes and my 19-year-old son, Michael, who's been on this podcast a few times. And what a great time. And I want to share some of the experiences or some things that I, I learned along that trip because when you are doing something new or doing something for the first time, which camping camping was not a first time for me. I'd camped a lot when I was a child. My parents owned a travel trailer and we, we camped a lot. But as an adult, this is the first time where, you know, between me and my wife, we were responsible for pulling the camper and make sure we're getting from campsite to campsite safely state to state, setting up the camper, which there's a lot involved when you pull into a campground or a campsite. If you have a travel trailer, there's a lot of moving parts, things that have to be set up from, you know, putting the slide out, the awnings out, setting up the sewage, electric water, all that stuff. There's a lot to it. And I want to talk about some things I've, I've picked up, and this is not a camping YouTube channel, but there were some life lessons I pulled away from camping and we camped 10 straight days in a row before reaching our destination in the Midwest, which was where our families are from in Midwestern United States, Ohio and Indiana, USA. But there's what I first want to talk about is, you know, leadosophy is about theory and practice and reflection. Those are the three cornerstones of leadosophy. Leadosophy is a fusion of leadership and philosophy, but 
it's made up really of three cornerstone ideas, that being theory, practice, and reflection. And leadership is like that, right? And so, so one of the first things I took away was camping expose, exposes the stark difference between theory and practice. And again, like, like I said before, camping, where I'm mostly responsible for, for setting up the campsite and everything else, camping was all theory to me before I actually had done it. I watched a lot of YouTube videos. When you buy a camper, you have to watch some how-to videos, some tutorials. Uh, our, the RV place where we bought our camper, we actually had to show them a certificate saying that we watched the the courses, the online courses. And there was a lot to the online courses or the online learning portion before I even actually camped in practice. And I will say, you know, a lot of, a lot of things we do in practice or the practical side Sometimes it matches up to the theory that we have or our concept of a certain endeavor. Sometimes the practice matches the theory and sometimes it doesn't. And again, before you actually put your hands on something and do something for your own sake or through your own experience, everything is just a concept in the mind. And you don't really know what it's going to be like until you actually do it. And I was way outside my comfort zone. Again, I'm not a, for those of you who do know me personally, I am not a mechanical person. I can barely change my own oil. I would probably struggle changing a tire on the side of the road. And that's okay. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit that. I'm humble enough to admit that. One of my weaknesses is mechanical knowledge. I can navigate my way around computers pretty well, but mechanical stuff, not really my gig. So I was way outside my comfort zone in the camping realm, setting up campsites, electric water, sewage, things like that. And the videos were super helpful, but once I actually got to put my hands on things and, and do things for myself and make mistakes and learn from those mistakes from real time on the fly, you know, from, from campsite in day one to a campsite in day three, I was accruing knowledge. And that practical knowledge, there's no, there's no substitute for that. You can read about something as much as you want. You can watch videos, but until you actually do it, you just, there's no substitute. And then actually doing it, failing, succeeding, trying, tinkering, until you're actually doing it in practice, that, that's where the real confidence comes in. I don't, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's hard to build confidence in an area of expertise solely based off theory. You know, if we talk about the link to leadership, we can read about leadership, we can read books about leadership, but to actually build confidence as a leader, I think you actually have to be in the trenches in a leadership role. And again, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But again, you can't make mistakes theoretically. I mean, you can, but it's all hypothetical. So that was kind of my first takeaway, kind of a lengthy takeaway, but it was important for me. What I also liked about camping is it force, forced me, and I don't know about my wife and my son, but it definitely forced me to be in the moment. And I think there's something to that about being in the moment. We, you know, we t talk a, a lot about mindfulness. Mindfulness is a very, very trendy topic right now. And in the business world as well. I think my wife went through a Coast Guard mindfulness course early this year. And I'd be interesting to know her experiences on that. But there's nothing like camping kind of forces you to be in the moment and I think when you're in the moment, especially from my camping experiences, 
it feels like the experiences are maybe a little richer. Maybe when you're in the moment, we look at things differently. We're able to, I don't know, maybe able to kind of take it all in a little more. And again, I think, uh, I think we look at things differently when you're kind of in the moment and maybe even for the better. You know, one thing, an example, a small example is, and I don't know if it's because when you're camping and, and there's a lot of moving parts and setting things up, you may go for a long, a long periods of time without, before you realize that you really haven't ate much. So for anyone out there who has camped, is it true that the food tastes better on a camping trip? I, I was thinking about that last night as I was kind of reflecting. It feels like, or it seemed like, whether I was eating a, a hot dog or a burger or whatever it was, it seemed like everything was, was better, had a better flavor. Maybe I was enjoying it more. I don't know. That could be all psychological too. Psychological foofla. Who knows? Point number three, kind of the third thing I've, I've taken away from, from camping was the fear of missing out is a fear we make up in our minds. And by the fear of missing out, they call it FOMA, F-O, fear of missing out, FOMO, not FOMA, FOMO, fear of missing out. And I'm talking about the fear of missing out on your hourly check on your social media feeds, current events, you know, picking up your smartphone every 10 minutes becomes, starts to become a lower priority. And I think as time drags on, as the days dragged on, there were times where I didn't know where I put my phone. And it's both sad and empowering as well that, you know, because there was a, it's, it's funny when I re- reflect back to, to 15 years ago or 20 years ago and, you know, right before cell phones became really popular, man, it's really hard to even think about a time where we walked around without cell phones, tethered to our cell phone. And again, kind of sad, but kind of empowering when you're on a camping trip in 2021 and you kind of forget you have a phone tethered to your body. So that was cool. I like that. That was my third point. Number four point on my camping trip is the concept of time. I watched a movie once that said time is a construct. If you've ever seen the movie Tag, check it out. It's pretty awesome. One of my favorite lines in that movie. Very philosophical. But I like the concept that comes with camping of, of time slowing down. And it's really hard to get used to, I think. It's, it's hard to get used to, and it's even harder to embrace. There were, there were a very few amount of times where I felt like my wife and I and my, my son, we were hurrying around or we had the feeling like we were being rushed, which in the day-to-day grind of life seems to be the norm. You're always hurrying to get to the next place. Maybe going back, if we talked about the mindfulness and being in the moment, maybe a lot harder in our day-to-day lives to, to be in the moment where we're always thinking about next steps. Might that be difficult as a leader? A lot of leadership is, is planning for the future, strategic, deliberate planning. You're always thinking and trying to think ahead, be a few steps ahead. Is it hard for a leader to be in the moment? to just embrace the role of leadership, of mentoring, of coaching, how that feels, how that makes you feel, what intrinsic motivation you get from mentoring others. As a leader, do you allow time to slow down? Again, 
time is a construct. You know, it's one of those things where you ever, you ever notice that when you're traveling to a destination, it seems like time can drag on, but on the return trip, it's like time shrinks. Very weird, very strange. Time is so psychological. Point number five, and this was, this was really cool for me and kind of a paradox because it involved using my smartphone and social media and having an internet connection. Crowdsourcing knowledge via a globally connected network is awesome. And again, it's sometimes it's hard to imagine how we solved problems before we could go to YouTube and see how to set up my internet connection or figure out what's wrong with my internet connection or figure out how to work a new camera lens or figure out how to work my road podcaster board. Everything is available instantly for us to overcome a learning curve. And again, I don't think leadership is necessarily like that, which is strange. I don't think there's any substitute for practical experience in leadership. But when it comes to camping, and again, my, my camper that my wife and I have is, is a forest ridge, forest river, uh, no boundaries. It's a 21-foot no boundaries trailer. And there's a Facebook group that we have. And any problem you have had with your camper, even if it's a new camper, you can post that problem in the Forest River Facebook group. And within minutes, someone has already experienced that same problem. It can help you solve it. So that was cool. I got to see that in real time. I got to see that social network function, which was really cool. It was a lot of fun. And again, it was helpful for me because I'm not mechanically inclined. So I think there's something to be said for tinkering and solving our own problems because some, there might be a way we can solve a problem maybe more effective than anyone else has done before. And then we can share that experience if we tried to fix something on our own. But when it comes to mechanical stuff, I, uh, especially electricity or whatever, any electrical issues in our camper, I usually go to the social media forum to, to get help on how to fix things like that. Something else I loved about the camping trip was bird photography. So I am a very, very amateurish photographer. I love wildlife photography. I have a camera and, and a couple camera lenses that I, allows me to take some some pretty decent wildlife photographs. And I'll, you'll see one up here on the screen if you're watching. It was a great blue herring that I got a great photo. He was eating a bull catfish. And shout out to my wife because she was navigating the kayak. Funny story about that. So when we were at Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, USA, was our first camping spot. And we stayed there for two days. On the second day, we... My wife and I took out a kayak and I took my camera and she was paddling. God love her for, for doing the paddling and all the mechanical effort while I just sat there and took pictures telling her where to go. You know, a very, a very good way to test your communication skills is have your significant other paddle, not only paddle pro providing the propulsion, but also steering left or right, backing up, going forward. You shouting commands to your significant other. It can be kind of funny, can be very irritating to the person paddling. So funny, funny story. My wife would probably get a kick out of listening to that, reflecting in hindsight. Maybe not so funny in the moment. I think she was a little frustrated with me as I was shouting, come out. I was trying to tell her where to, to 
to navigate the kayak so I can get some pictures because there was a lot of wildlife along the shores of, of Lake Coeur d'Alene. Really awesome place. But it does, you know, it makes you work on your communication skills. But back to photography, what I like about photography and camping allowed me to, to take a lot of photos and, and spend a lot of time doing photography. I like that feeling of learning a new skill and that feeling of, of making mistakes and learning from those mistakes. That's a lot of fun. And, you know, this idea of, of photography and bird photography for me kind of leads me into to my next point and kind of what camping has taught me or, you know, in reflection, some things I've thought about is that idea of finding something, whether it's a hobby or even an opportunity, maybe it's your life's work or your everyday job, something that provides what I think are three key elements for mind nourishment. And even if it's for a few brief moments throughout the day or or the week or whatever, you know, finding something that allows you to number one, create, and kind of the spring analogy holds here. You know, it feels like we are in a, you know, especially in the digital age, we are in a age where we are constantly consuming. We're watching, we're, we're on our phones, we're reading, you know, reading news articles or reading social media. We're constantly consuming and not always creating, allowing our mind to, to wander and create, whether it's writing or whatever it might be. Arthur Schopenhauer is a, a philosopher lived quite some time ago, um, but he used the he used the the spring analogy for reading, and he said if you're always reading, it's like a spring that's depressed, and there's always this pressure on the spring, and you never, you know, when you're reading, your mind rarely has the opportunity to allow that spring to release and let that energy go, and that's what writing was all about for Schopenhauer. So I think about when you have a hobby, something that allows you to create something again, whether it's writing or creating art or whatever it might be, music, whatever, woodworking, building things. I think that's the first thing that that really is really awesome for the mind, nourishes the mind. Number two is finding something that allows you to be in the moment. And for me, photography allows me to do that. And podcasting allows me to do that as well. That's why I like podcasting because it also allows me to create and be in the moment. And number three, finding that inner purpose, which I talked about on the last show is, finding the inner purpose, which I talked about and discovering what that is. Everyone kind of discovers that differently. So anyways, there's point number eight and I want to talk about an anonymous quote and it goes like this. There's no Wi-Fi in the mountains, but you'll find no better connection. Very well said. That quote is anonymous. And if someone said out, said that out there that's listening, shoot me an email. Let me know. There's nothing like connecting with nature. You know, philosophy and nature, I believe, are bedfellows. Camping forces you to bend to the will of nature, to embrace nature and all she has to offer. Terry Williams, Terry Tempest Williams, is a conservationist. She is a writer and educator. She said about nature, to be whole, to be complete, wildness reminds us what it means to be human, what we are connected to rather than what we are separate from. I like that. You know, what I noticed camping across country, especially the campgrounds we went to, they're very friendly places from what, from my experiences, they're very peaceful. Even the KOA in Missoula, Montana, USA, shout out Missoula, KOA, a lot of security, a lot of people in yellow shirts and golf carts. It was pretty intense. I made very strict rules, 
I mean, it's lights out, 10 o'clock, no campfires, you know, no adult beverages poolside. Now, I'm willing to bet that someone had some coffee cups filled with, with an adult beverage or two. Not saying I did that, not denying that or accepting that. But even the KOA, you know, with the rules and everything else, KOA seemed to be a little more strict. I think KOA's Campgrounds of America is what KOA stands for in the United States. I think KOAs are more designated, kid-friendly, trying to cater to all walks of life. Even some of the more strict ones were a lot of fun, very peaceful. I like you could get into very, very random conversations with, with strangers, and that seemed to be normal, which I liked. It was fun. So yeah, being in nature, being one with nature, it was a lot of fun. That's what I got away from camping. Number nine, no place for vanity in camping. That's what I liked about camping. And again, I'm talking about my experience camping was with which was with a camper. You know, I've I've camped a few times with just tent camping and car tent camping, but this was with a camper. But even with the camper, even though you're sleeping inside, you have a nice, you may have a nice setup, there's still no place for vanity. Camping is dirty, it's messy, it's full of critters, public showers, dusty roads, and it's smelly. Smoke, whatever it might be, bug spray, sunscreen, you know, it's, you never really feel that clean until you kind of settle in at night, take a shower, you feel a little better, lay down and wake up in the morning, get all dirty, smelly, smoky all over again. But I like that. And the last thing which was my biggest takeaway on this camping trip was there's nothing like family bonding on a camping trip. And, you know, I think my wife will tell you the first few days as I struggled my way through setting up campsites and making mistakes, a lot of frustration. I kind of had a short fuse sometimes and I apologize for that. But as the time goes on, you kind of bond a little different on a camping trip as opposed to like being at home and you know everyone's doing their daily grind every day and you say a few words to to someone throughout the day hey how was your day at work blah 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 it was great cool nice let's eat dinner and not that it's always like that but just you know when you're camping everyone's in close quarters always or you know very often and you don't have a lot of the amenities that you may have at home in a campground and you kind of have to look awkwardly at people and you maybe have to force your way through some conversations and talk about whatever. I like that. I enjoy bonding with, with my oldest son. He spent, you know, three weeks with us this summer. Uh, he goes back to college here next month, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I think they had fun too. And we had, again, we had two 150 pound Great Danes with us too. And the camper inside is only 16 feet. So it wasn't, that big, there was a lot of tight quarters. And I'll be honest with you, we camped 10 days in a row and I could have kept camping. I was no hurry really to get anywhere. I felt like I could have kept going and maybe it would have gotten old after a while and I'd been want, I would, I would have wanted the, the comforts of, of home or whatever that might be. But I enjoyed just living out of a camper day in and day out. It'd have been nice to be in a campsite for more than two days, I think, because you can really, really slow down and enjoy that time. When you're moving campsites every day or every other day, you do tend to feel 
you know, especially if it's moving from one campsite one day to the next campsite the next day, there isn't a lot of time to really enjoy the campsite. So you really have to do make the most out of that short time you're there. But if you're in a campsite for three days or maybe even a week, you know, if you're taking a two or three or four month camping trip, I think that would be a lot of fun. I want to do that one day. So I guess that's number 11 thing I want to do is take a very extended camping trip and we'll do that one day. Medosophy will, will make that journey as well. So there you have it. That was the camping trip that kind of led to Lidosophy being off the off the airwaves for about 40, 45 days. And then obviously the moving into Washington, D.C. and getting settled into to the home life and waiting for our household goods to show up. And if there are any military members out there listening, retired military members or anyone who just moves around a lot, you know the the experience of moving from place to place, especially if it's a long distance and waiting for your stuff to show up and unpacking and can be quite challenging, can be quite frustrating, can leave you feeling sometimes like you miss home or miss the place you came from, that you made all those friends and relationships or maybe you had a really good job that was fulfilling. And then starting anew is not always easy. Not always easy. You kind of feel maybe like an outcast or, you know, you feel isolated because you don't know anybody. You may be in a new job. And, you know, I talked about that a little bit on the last show. So, so anyways, you know what I'm talking about out there. Well, I appreciate everyone listening today. Remember, leadosophy is about using the tools of philosophical thought to deepen our understanding of leadership and of life. Camping is life. Life is camping. Hope you enjoyed this show. We'll get back to some more leadership maybe next week. Leadership heavy, but today is, or this week was, Really just about getting back in the saddle. All right, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Leadosophy. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button and check out leadosophy.com and learn more about Tim's ideas on philosophy and leadership. We'll see you next time.